Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Well, good morning, church family. It's Pastor John here. So excited that we are joining online today from all over the Hampton Roads area and from wherever you are watching from. And I just want to pause before we jump into today's message to just say, welcome home. If Lifehouse is your church home, welcome home. And if it is your first time joining us here at Lifehouse today, we, we, just, we just want to say welcome again. Please fill out the digital connection card. We would love to send you a free gift as a, just a small way of saying thank you for joining us today. And we are pumped to finish out our series today that we have called The Church Should Be, where we've been looking at what the church should be, not from where our preferences want the church to be or where possibly our church experiences has shaped us to think a certain way about what the church should be. But we've been diving into scripture and we've been saying, what does God think the church should be. It was funny asking this question, what do we think the church should be in the first week of the series? And just all sorts of different opinions because people are not shy about sharing what they think the church should be. But what I found is that a lot of those things that we want the church in to, to, to be and we think the church should be is laced with a lot of different preferences that we want and experiences that we've had. So I've been challenging us to detox ourselves from our experiences and our preferences and dive into scripture. So I've challenged you to read the book of Acts, which is a which is a very early historical account of the church in its most beginning form written by the historian Luke. And I challenge you to memorize Acts 2:42 through 47, which has been our central text because we have been looking at like when Luke gives a description of what the church was when the church was first born. He he gives a description in five verses of this is what the church should be and this has been the foundation of our uh, this has been the foundation of our series and so I want to recap really really quick um, as we've gone through this portion of scripture what we have seen the church should be first off the church should be devoted secondly the church should be supernatural third the church should be unified fourth the church should be generous and today I want to read our scripture first and then I'll, then I will tell you uh, what we're going to focus on Today, But can you write now in the chat section, can you write the word growing? Can you write the word growing? Let's, let's go ahead. Acts 2.42 through 47. It says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want to talk to you today. The church should be growing. Growing. If you did not type growing in the, in the chat section yet, can you do that for me? We're going to talk about how the church should be growing. Now, it can be wild whenever you hear people talk about how big they think the church should be. I mean, it is, it is crazy. I have heard people 
tell me I left that church because it got too big. I've had people tell me I left this church because they weren't growing. I, I, you know, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, I, I stopped going to that church because all they wanted to do was grow. I mean, it is absolutely crazy how much we can inject our preference and our experience into how we think the church should grow and how big we think the church should be. And I, I just think we have to do what we've done with this series, come and lay down our preferences and lay down our experiences. Because yes, it is true that some churches, they like all they focus on is just seeing numerical growth. Which, if you look at Jesus's ministry and you look in scripture, sometimes when you do the right things as a church, sometimes that does not always equal numerical growth because you, you can even see Jesus there were times where Jesus would preach something hard when he had a bunch of people following him and it actually says that many people no longer followed him so they essentially left his church and his church shrunk why because he was trying to shape people to think and be a certain way and it challenged them too much and they decided to step away however in Acts we see a church that is growing we see a church that is powerful. We see a church that is that, that sees themselves as we aren't just trying to stay status quo and stay my four and no more. We want to see this mission of Jesus move forward. And that's what you see in Acts. The church is growing. And I, I, I think as we're talking about this, we have to come and lay our preferences and our experiences down and get the heart of Jesus for his church and actually see Jesus's heart, God's heart is, to, is for the church to grow. Now, not to be shallow, but to grow, to have more kids, to have more of his people come home. I love what Jesus said. And you know this, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, like God's heart, Jesus's heart is is the world. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, this is the Apostle Paul talking to his pastoral protege, Timothy. He says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we live so that we may live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Then it says this, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So when we're talking about what is God's heart, his heart is to grow because God's heart is to see everybody come to a knowledge of him and be a part of his family in the church. Acts, like I said, you can see the, like the first day the church had 3,000 people that did not include women and children be a part of the church, even in, so, you know, in the United States, a mega church is deemed 2000 people, right? Well, the church began as a mega church. It started large and it continued to grow. I love what it says. Acts 9 31. Again, this is the, the historian Luke giving an account of what the church was. He says the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It also grew in numbers. So Luke notes here, the church wasn't just growing in fear of God and in being disciples of Jesus, but the church was growing numerically. Uh, Acts 16, 5, it says this, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every 
day. Luke is saying the church just wasn't growing foundationally in their walk with Jesus. The church was growing numerically. We can see the heart of Jesus is to grow. The heart of God the Father is to grow. We can see Paul says this is what God's heart is. He wants everyone to be saved. And then we see that in the book of Acts, the church moving forward and growing every day. I'm, I'm going to just put it, put it out there to you. I, we, the leadership at Lifehouse, we want to see the church, not just not just Lifehouse, but the church grow. But we do have a desire at Lifehouse to see it grow. Not for our name, not for our fame, not because really I think when people hear that, they might think there is in some sort of ulterior motive. Well, John, you just want the church to grow so you can be more famous and get a bigger house, all, all this stuff. Y'all, that 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 is that is not the heart at all. That that is the heart of our church because that is Jesus's heart. That is not so we can get more stuff or we can be more famous. The heart is because we want the name and fame of Jesus to be spread and known throughout the world. And so this growth heart is simply, we believe the heart of Jesus to bring his children home. So we desire to see Lifehouse grow. So I want to talk to you, but what does that mean contextualize to Lifehouse? I want to give you a couple thoughts real quick. First, to grow we need to be flexible. We need to be flexible. And when I say flexible, we have to be flexible in the ways we try to grow and we try to reach people. I love here in our, in our base text, it says that the church met in the temple and it met in homes. So it was diverse in how it was gathering people. It was diverse in its strategy for gathering people. They were doing prayer. They were doing fellowship, eat, eating food together. They, they were flexible in the way they did things. I, I think the way that I can best put this is in these words, form and function. The form of church can be flexible, but the function of church is solid. The form of church can change, but the function of church does not change. And when I say the form, I kind of mean the style. Even in scripture, when it says they met in homes and house to house, what that is saying is it was flexible. They gathered in different ways. And at Lifehouse, that is what we do. But the function of our church, the vision of our church does not change. The vision of our church is we want to invite all people to live this uncommon life by following Jesus, being a disciple, doing life together, getting, doing life together, being in community, getting in the game. Uh, being equipped to serve, right? Um, leaving a legacy and being a steward. Like we want to see those things for you. But what we have seen is those things that we want for you as a part of Lifehouse, the form of church can be unique. We have people that join us for online church. Like this is your church home, right? You have people that join us in person at the Kiln Creek Regal Weekly. That is your church home home. And we are even exploring at Lifehouse other forms of church to reach different kind of people so we can grow. Like, like, honestly, I believe that through Lifehouse, we're going to have some home churches. We're going to have some of you. You're going to feel a call to, to bring the heart and, and kind of the, the function of Lifehouse into your home. And you're going to be an extension. Why? Because there are people that will not ever come to a, to a theater for church or want to come into a large gathering, but they will come into your home. We have, we have people that they might not come to Regal. They might not come to your home, but they will join us online, right? Here's, here's the thing. The form of church can be flexible, but the function of church, the, the heartbeat, the vision, like what we want for people 
is solid. And what I see the early church doing is how they, they grew is they were flexible in their form, yet they were devoted in the function, right? And so whenever I'm thinking about LifeHouse, growing at LifeHouse, is, and, and you know what this is going to happen? This is going to happen as, as we equip and empower you, right? It's just not saying it's, it's all got to be f- from myself or Carrie or some of the other leaders at LifeHouse. We want to equip you to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus into your community. And that might be meaning bringing LifeHouse into your home. We believe at some point in time that's going to happen at LifeHouse. And who knows what other kinds of forms of church through LifeHouse God is going to birth as we try to do what we see in this book, see the church grow. But it's not just about the form and the function that's going to see growth. We have to know that with all growth, there is growing pains. And being, in a, being a part of growing churches, I have seen this firsthand. And you have got to expect, if you are a part of a church that has a desire to grow because that is God's heart, then I think we've got to understand and have the expectation that there will be growth pains. Even in the body, you got, you know, I've got about to be a teenager. He's about to be going through growth pains because his body is shifting and doing, and it's, there's a lot of new things happening, a lot of new things going on. And with that growth, there will be pain. So I think we have to expect as we're striving to grow in, in, in a good, healthy, God-honoring way, there will be some tension points that we will have to make sure we expect. So when they happen, we don't bail or we don't question motives or we don't think, well, you know, why, why, why is that going on? No, it's like we have to expect growing pains. You can see Acts chapter six, right? The church explodes in Acts chapter two, three, three, you know, 3,000 people get saved. There's people being added daily. In Acts chapter six, you see a moment where the church is expanding so big and they don't have enough leaders. So you've, you have got the church leaders preaching God's word. They're also overseeing the food distribution. And in that process, you actually have people being overlooked. So they start saying, hey, we've got these Hebraic Jews and you've got these Gentile Jews. And they like, what they say is that there's discrimination happening when I think the heart was not discrimination is they did not have enough leaders in place to help oversee what was going on because you, the same people that were out preaching and teaching and praying were the same people trying to also cover the food distribution. So it says the church gets together in Acts six, they talk about it and they say, we need more leaders. They appoint seven people to oversee the food distribution. And they say, Hey, look, we're going to focus on praying. We're going to focus on preaching God's word. Like we're going to focus over here of the part of the church. And you're going to focus over here as a part of the church. And through that, we're going to see the church continually grow. And that's what it actually says as they split up leadership, as they got more people in the game, then then the church was able to grow and expand. But it was that moment of growth pain that was able to put in place a structure to help support what God wanted to do in and through the church. And he wanted to see it grow. So I'm I'm telling you at LifeHouse, as we grow, we're going to see growth pains. Okay. But do you know what that will also mean? That we, that as we see these growth pains, usually the problem is, is that we need more people to step up and take on, and take on response and take on responsibility to go and grow the message to, and grow the ministry. So we can see more people loved, more people served and more people shown the love of God through his church. With growth, there will be growth pains, but also too, what we see in this passage and what I see contextually for LifeHouse growth is about doing the right 
things that lead to the to a healthy kind of growth because you see even in acts 242 through 47 it lists all the things that the church was doing and at the very end of that list it said the byproduct of them doing these things was that the church grew but this is the order here it's it says they devoted themselves to teaching prayer and fellowship that the, the supernatural power of god was moving that there was a spirit of generosity that was moving in the church, that they worshiped together on a consistent basis. And the byproduct of all of that was the Lord added daily. At Lifehouse, we just don't want to grow numerically just to hit a certain number. That is not our goal. We know that as we raise and form a certain kind of disciple of Jesus, the byproduct of that will be growth. We're not interested in just growing to a certain number of people. We know that as we grow people, a byproduct of that, will be seeing the church numerically grow as well. You know, back in 2021, when we were, you know, praying about this renewed and refreshed vision of Lifehouse, a, a statement that the Lord gave me, I heard him say it clearly as day, was it's not, it's not about how many, it's about what kind. And to be frank, before the pandemic, our church was focused on growing numerically. I mean, we're just like, how many people can we, can we get? But unfortunately, the byproduct of that is that we were not seeing a certain kind of disciple shaped and formed. It, it was we were so focused on seeing the numbers grow that we were not focused on seeing people grow. And that's why I believe the Lord told me, John, it's not about how many. It's about what kind. And I mean, and it's crazy because even as you look in Scripture, God has never needed a lot to do a lot. But at the same time, his heart is for everybody. And so I believe that there was a shift that took place in our church of not just saying we want to numerically grow, but say we want to grow people. We want for them, not from them. Like we want them to be disciples of Jesus. We want them to know they have a family that they can be in, be, be in community with here. We want them to know that we want to equip them to serve. Then we want them to know their practical gifts and their spiritual gifts. And we desire for them to see their time, their talent, and their treasure in light of eternity and to steward their stuff well. If we have disciples of Jesus who are following Jesus, who are in community, who are being equipped to serve and are stewarding their stuff, the byproduct of that can't not be seeing people grow, but also seeing our church grow as well, there was a shift, and that shift is still in place. We're just not trying to grow to a certain number. We want to say, let's grow people, and a byproduct of that will be seeing the church grow. You know, it's actually crazy that, that, that Jesus said there's one thing that can actually hinder the kingdom of God and the church from growing. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, Jesus said this, or, or this is what the apostle Matthew says, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Do you hear the heart of Jesus? Do you hear and see the heart of Jesus here? What he's saying is like, the problem is not the harvest. The problem is we don't have enough people that want to go and get the harvest and bring 
it in. Now, when, it, when he's talking about harvest, he's not talking about real crops. He's talking about people. He's saying that there is a harvest of people that is ready for him, that is ready for the gospel, that is ready for the purpose that God gives. But he says the issue is not that there aren't people ready. The issue is that there are not people ready to go and bring in the harvest and see the kingdom of God and the church grow. And what Jesus said, he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, like ask God to send forth laborers to go into the field. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear this word harvest, I think in the church world, right, we hear that, that word harvest and it's like, yes, I'm about to get my harvest. I planted my seed. The Lord's watered it and da, 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 and I'm going to get my harvest. And we can look at the harvest as being this easy thing, like that we just sit back and the Lord just sprinkles the harvest. But you know what? We have to go make sure we understand harvest in the farming landscape of things where if you ask any farmer what is the hardest season what is the hardest season that you work from sun up to sundown the hardest season is harvest season because now you have to go out and reap what you've sown you have to go out now and dig up you you have to go out now and 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 go and get that fruit and i i i think we can relate that to what Jesus is saying here is like harvest season is, is a hard season. Reaching people with the gospel and seeing the church grow physically and spiritually, numerically in all of these ways is not easy work. It's hard work. But the issue is not the harvest. The issue is that people don't see that they are needed for that harvest to come to pass. And, and, and I'll just be candid with you. We feel this at LifeHouse where we, we are seeing a harvest of people. And just to give you a small testimony, somebody came to our church. He was invited by somebody a couple weeks back, came to, to LifeHouse on a Sunday, received Christ, wanted to get baptized ASAP. And so we went to One Life Gym over in Newport News and just baptized him right, right there. People, I mean, that's just what people are hungry for Jesus. There are people in our church that are hungry to grow, that are desiring more of Jesus. But one of the things we struggle with is, 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 is seeing people take on some responsibility to get, to get in the game and to help see the harvest come in. And what I've heard from different, from different pastor friends as well is many of them are in the same boat. The issue is not the harvest. The issue can sometimes be the help. And I know in, at this moment in time, there's so much vying for your attention. There, is, there are so many things that you have going on that it can seem like, why would I want another responsibility to help bring in the harvest? But what I would say is, is just ensure that you have got your priorities straight. Make sure you've got your priorities straight. Yes, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family but also to don't miss the opportunity that God might have to use you exactly where you are to help bring in the harvest, to help bring in the harvest. The way that we say it at LifeHouse is get in the game, meaning that you as a Christian were not meant to sit in the stands and spectate and watch and just good job, y'all. It's like, no, like you are called to get out of the stands and get in the game, no matter where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. You might say, John, how can I get in the game? I'm, I'm barely serving. Like if you are a part of LifeHouse, there is a place for you to get in the game, no matter where you're at on your walk with Jesus, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, there is a place for you to get in the game. Because sometimes the only way that you're going to know how to actually play the game is to get in the game. 
And, and, and so when we say get in the game, what we are saying is, is y'all, let's get in on this harvest thing. Let's take everyone's giftings, every, everybody's availability, everybody, let, let's take everybody and let's use what we got and let's get in the harvest field and let's answer the prayer of Jesus. The prayer of Jesus said, send forth, send forth laborers. My heart that we at Lifehouse would say, here we are, send us. And we will accept the responsibility to get in the game. Now, what I've seen typically is whenever we challenge people to get in the game, there can be some, I wouldn't call them excuses, but there can be challenges. You might say, John, I'm, you don't know me. You don't realize, you don't know what I deal with and my sins and my struggles. What I would say is, have you read this book? God will use you exactly where you are. You might say, John, I'm too, I'm too busy. I would say maybe you need to check your schedule because maybe you have some unhealthy patterns and rhythms in your life and you have some disordered priorities. Maybe you say, well, John, that's why we pay you, man. That's what you're, we, we pay you to get in the game. That's, what you, that's why we pay Carrie. That, that's why we pay these other, like, no, it's not just for professionals. Jesus is not saying, well, only those that are professional farmers get in the game. He's saying if you have a breath, if you have a pulse, you can get in the game as well. It's not just for the qualify because God, God will qualify the call. Or you see, here's the thing too. Uh, another challenge you, is you view the church as something you go to instead of a mission you belong to. And that's what Jesus is saying. We have a mission to go to the harvest. So what I would challenge you to do. Y'all, we have a desire to see Lifehouse grow, not just for our name and fame, but, but because the heart of God is so much bigger than our preferences and our experiences. He wants everybody to come home to him through his body, through his church. And we have the opportunity, and I say that word, the opportunity to get in the game, to get in on the harvest thing and see his children come home. So, this is what I want you to do. You're going to see a link right now in the chat section of whatever platform you're on. My challenge, the response today is for you to get in the game. No excuses. No, well, no. You're going to see a, a link and that link is going to take you to a quick questionnaire, a, a kind of like quick form that you're going to see the various ways to get in the game at Lifehouse. And what I want to challenge you, whether, whether you watch Lifehouse online, there's places for you. Whether you come and join us at the Kiln Creek Regal, there's places for you. If we all as a church said we are going to get in the game and use whatever we have, whatever breath we have and talent we, we have and time we have to say, I want to get in on this harvest thing and see the church grow. My God, what could God do through uh, so the response today is if you are watching and you are not currently on a serve team or what we call at Lifehouse a dream team, today is your day. And here's the thing, right? Whenever you, feel, whenever you, you check out this form, you're simply just putting what you would be interested in, maybe the possible teams and dream teams that you would be interested in and maybe giving a try or hearing more about. It's not, you know, it, it's not giving blood, giving your social security number, your credit card numbers or anything like that. It is simply saying, hey, no matter where we're at, would you be interested in, in possibly serving in Lifehouse Kids and loving on some babies and kids on Sundays? Could it possibly be you helping to create a warm and welcoming environment through our hospitality team? And before they hear about the love of God, they feel the love of God through the hospitality team. Maybe you do worship. Maybe you sing. Maybe you can run a soundboard. Maybe, maybe you can run production. Maybe you can run lights. Maybe you can 
serve in one of the teams that goes and loves on the community. There are so many ways that we can all get in on this harvest thing. And my desire, what we want for you is to see everybody get in the game no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus because part of your walk with Jesus is getting in the game, not being a a spectator, but not just watching people play the game, but getting in the game no matter where you're at. So here's the challenge. You're going to see the link and whatever. Would you click that after after I pray? Would you click that? It's going to take you like 90 seconds just to walk through it and read through it and check a couple and check a couple boxes. But would you do that? Would you hit sub- submit and let's all make a commitment to do what we can do to be a part of seeing the harvest happen at LifeHouse and not just about growing numerically, but about growing people. And as we grow people, a byproduct of that will seeing our church grow and more people reach, more people know Jesus so the church can be all that God wants it to be. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. I pray for all of our church family watching today. I pray that they would know how much they're loved. They would know how much they're cared for. They would know God, how much just God, it's just a great honor it is to be their pastor. And Lord, I just pray that they would feel your heart today, not just a pastor talking, but they would feel the heart of God to grow today, that they would feel the heart of God to to bring your kids home, that they would see, God, that your heart is for all people to be saved, that your church grew numerically, but it grew in power as well, God. Would would we have a healthy mindset? Would, Would we be able to process through growing pains? God, prepare us individually and corporately for the growth we know that you want to see happen, not for our glory, but for your glory, so people can know the name and fame of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would encourage and inspire my friends today, Lord, to click that box and find out ways to possibly get in the game so we can see the harvest happen at LifeHouse. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message, you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.